Welcome back to the Dot 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 Podcast. Before we get today's episode started, I just wanted to take a real quick second to say thank you to everybody that has been listening and uh, encourage you guys to go interact on uh, the Instagram page. Uh, just look up Dot 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 Podcast on Instagram. Uh, there's some pictures being posted up there, but it's also a good location for you to be able to kind of send comments or anything like that if you so choose. If not, I totally get it. Um, also, don't be afraid to share this with your friends if you think it's worthwhile. If there's anybody out there that you think might benefit from listening to this or might enjoy it, please uh, spread the word. Uh, today is kind of a unique opportunity for us. We are, myself and Adam, uh, decided to go ahead and also incorporate our good friend Justin um, into the, today's conversation because Justin has some very interesting perspectives on this whole thing that's been going on. And uh, we kind of wanted to pick his brain to see what he knows and, and what he might think of things. So uh, give you a little backstory. Justin was the lead guitar player in the band that Adam and I had uh, back in the early 2000s. We were called Cody, C-O-D-I-E. Um, I honestly don't think that you can find that stuff anywhere on like Spotify or anything like that, just because it's from so long ago. So uh, I don't know if you if you're listening to this, you probably know you know who all three of us are personally. Uh, but if not, uh, that kind of gives you a little backstory. Uh, three former bandmates. Uh, now we're all grown up and we're all anxious about things that are going on. So uh, without further ado, here is our first menage trois here on the Dot 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 Podcast. Enjoy. All right, and welcome back to the Dot 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 Podcast. Today we have... Uh, we're, we're going into uncharted territory and we are turning this into a three-way. It ain't gay if it's in a three-way. Um, ow! Ow! Yeah, that's right. So we have Adam here and we have our good friend Justin Calhoun who um, all three of us collectively were three-fourths of, uh, of a, a pop rock band back in the early 2000s and uh, we kind of we kind of all grew up together in our our late teens early 20s if you want to call it that before we all grew up and you know gotten fat and bald so um without further ado hey, for yourself there buddy yeah exactly so that I'm that's justin right <laughs> so we have justin here today um hello everybody and justin uh tell us a little bit about yourself where you where you living before all this stuff went down and where you at now right um well before i was uh cloistered away from the rotten world of the virals and all the nastiness that's going on outside. I was uh, living in Transylvania, um, <laughs> and that's totally untrue. Uh, Boston, Massachusetts, um, and um, was there via Springfield, Missouri sometime before that, and California before then, and, that, that, that. and that's really boring, so I don't really want to talk about that very much. Right now, I'm in Arkansas. That's really exciting. Okay. And That's the first time that sentence has ever been spoken. <laughs> I'm in Arkansas. That's real exciting. Yeah, not Boston. Not that great. Arkansas. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, so we, you know, Adam and I, uh, we've kind of turned this into the, like a just a COVID conversation. Him and I, when everything started popping off, 
we started talking and we we're like, man, this is scary. This is real. And, um, this is, it's happening and my God, like, and, it, and it's happening fast and we just wanted to talk about it. So we decided to have these conversations and kind of, you know, beat up and evaluate the things that were happening to us and, and that we were seeing and experiencing. And I'm super excited to get your spin on this because you've, you kind of, of the people we know, you probably had the, the, the hairs on the back of your neck standing up the longest. Um, I, when's like I the first time you heard about all this? I appreciate you, uh, you thinking of me, Corey. I mean, cause, uh, um, I, I do feel like I'm properly vindicated for all of the years of tinfoil hat wearing that I've done. Right. Finally. <laughs> um, because I, I was getting worried there for a while. Um, you know, <laughs> there's only so many times you can collect, uh, in 95 masks and bottles of isopropyl alcohol. Right. Um, before they, they start to look at you strange. No, um, no, I, I would say, um, I, I absolutely was getting the, uh, the, the shivers about this a little bit more, um, quite a bit sooner than anybody else I knew. Um, and I was definitely the one with the clarion call, I guess you could say for most of people that I knew, like, look, you have to start taking this seriously. I know you don't take this seriously now, and I know you think I'm crazy right now, but just wait. You don't want to be the last one to take this seriously, um, was the conversation I found myself having over and over again, and that was happening probably <sighs> no later than the first week of January. Okay. Yeah, um, we, uh, Cal, just to butt in, we, you and I had that conversation. You said almost verbatim those words to me probably at the end of January, beginning of February, so in okay. and around that time because I was like, oh, shit. And I remember it was about that time or a week or two later that it was the first time I had a scare here where – I had sent somebody from workout to pick up bottled water and they could not find bottled water at any of the stores, which is weird. It's but, unbelievable, right? And I was I mean, like, whoa, well, that's interesting. And, you know, right. it, that was like the first of like, oh, damn, you know, um, it's, yeah, it's coming. I'm, I'm sorry that I uh, waited that long to tell you. Maybe I. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> plenty of time, luckily. I You're just not that much. important to me. <laughs> it's really a matter of he can fend for himself. I'm sure that he doesn't need me to tell. He he's been enough of a of a uh, of a um, you know tinfoil hat wearer himself. A- Adam's Adam's kind of like a cockroach, though. Anyway, he just you know he just survives yeah, somehow. He, just, he yeah. survives somehow. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> you live? You lived. Cracks. You lived in our old practice space, which was like for the listeners was just like this. Probably should have been condemned brick building, and there was a like a. Blech disgusting couch like on the ground uh that, that's just nasty and adam called that home for uh several months it in the middle of the winter I'm, without any kind of climate control i i, I i'll point out and also no restroom <laughs> like that's, what that's what i was hoping you'd get to there because this was like a four thousand square foot space that looked uh, like a, it should have been like a machine shop yeah. and it had a bucket in the corner <laughs> Well, no, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. We're we're getting some details <laughs> a little, little skewed there. Okay, you were right about the space. It did. It was just a big dump, um, but there it was. It wasn't a bucket so much as there was just like a hole in the ground that was easy to like <laughs> on the floor that you could pee in. And then I just poop in up this box. I had or I not one box. I changed the box, but I just get a box and just poop in the box. <laughs> Dispose. And that's where COVID came from, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, right. <laughs> hey, it were. Uh, those were trying times, you know what I mean? Uh, but so Justin, you you got it was right you downtown. Got, 
but Justin, you caught wind of this through just the regular media channels, right? You're not like following any any dark web yeah, stuff, are you? No. Uh oh, you're going down a dangerous road here. Four um, chan. No, that's not true. It was absolutely nothing about the media that was in any way revolving. It had anything to do with my prescience O-A-N. about this. Okay. What's that? OAN, more definitely. O- OAN? Yes. Is that, are you talking about the news channel? Yeah, never mind. Just keep going. It didn't land. Okay. Keep going. Let's just forget this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, fix it, fix, you can fix that in the mix. Um, um, <laughs> no, the, um, um, I've been I, I've been kind of an internet rat for a long time. Um, it, it kind of the same way that Adam lives in cockroach kind of infestations in physical life. I sort of live that way in the internet. Okay. Um, and so I I'm a pretty avid image board follower um, in terms of eight chan, four chan. Um, you know, uh, when all the fapping all that stuff was happening, I was the fapping. Who could forget? On. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, all the anonymous stuff that happened, you know, in the early 2000s, I've always been a fan of all those kind of uh, operations. So I was pretty, um, I started listening in and, and participating in the Q movement, actually, um, on the second day that Q was posting on the 28th of October in 2017. So I was pretty, pretty clear, uh, okay. pretty quickly on top of that. Um, just cause I was a pole tard is, uh, I guess they might say. Okay. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, um, don't go looking. Was, it's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't it's, it's too late now. If you, you, yeah. you haven't got it. You're, you're 5,000. You're, you're, yeah, you're late. way too you're late. You're late. Yeah. Um, but that, there was a lot of, a lot of junk on there, of course, as always. But you know, if, if you're an avid user of those sorts of, um, junk boards, you get to sift through to find the gems and there yeah. were absolutely gems that were coming out um, and stuff that was coming out of China. And you can curate um, the things that, that, you know, cater to your, to your interest precisely. too. Precisely. And, and from there you're getting, we're getting a lot of links to people who were taking video of people that were, and this is as far as we can tell anyway, um, what it appears to be is people that were taking video from Wuhan um, and were able to, get the video out prior to um, the real net coming down over the, over China um, because they had VPNs or other kind of stuff that's, you know, vaguely illegal, but wasn't really, wasn't really as big of a deal until there was a big crisis that the CCP had to come down on. Um, but when I started seeing those videos, I was like, this is not normal. Cause um, you know, I was, uh, um, seeing some of the videos about people getting sick and, and, they were dropping in the middle of the street and people were talking about how they were dropping dead. I was like, wait a second, this, this isn't right. People are talking, saying this is like the flu or something. I mean, right. And I don't know of any flu that makes you stop living immediately. Yeah. Dead in your tracks, literally. Right. Like, I mean, it'd be like one of the more famous videos and, um, is this lady just standing at a bus stop and she just falls face first into the ground and just convulses and hmm. then dies, presumably. Um, and there was just video after video after video coming out and there was a couple of different sources, um, that were getting linked into that, that were just, um, really dire about the situation. Right. And so I 
had my hair on fire real quick about it. But what was it like? Obviously, you said you kind of you started to get spooked in early January, which is around the time that it started falling into mainstream media. Um, right. Is that kind of the fact that it found its way to mainstream media and it out of the the darker corners of the internet that you've been hanging out in? Was that kind of like validation that maybe this might be even more real Absolutely. than? Yeah. Absolutely, because that's the thing. And anybody who trolls the internet like that has to realize you get them. A scare a minute, you know, you, you, the world's going to end all the time. Right. So it, once you started seeing that verification happening, that the mainstream media is giving this the airtime that it is, even though at that time specifically, and, and I indict every single one of them for the way that they tried to play it down and over and over and over, I was yelling at the TV when they were saying, there's no significant risk to Americans. Right. And it's like, I understand what you're saying. I understand that the likelihood of you getting it tomorrow is not good. But that's not the way to be responsible and transparent with the Yeah, people. American people aren't like immune. <laughs> exactly. And, and and it was there was just uh, yeah, that was a that was a really frustrating time for me, actually. So um, and is that around the time you started kind of letting people exactly. um, letting I, people know yeah. that, that you thought about? Yeah, exactly. I, and that's when that's when I that's well my mom can verify this and, and I I did uh, Corey can attest to this. I talked about it earlier today that I like uh, sent the warning signs through through uh, my family and said, "Tiffany, get out of California now! They're going to close the borders." <laughs> Just said every, <laughs> every every possible scary thing I could try and get her to get out. Right. Um, and um, and uh, I said, I told my mom, I said, "Mom, every single mask in ninety five, P ninety five, P one hundred, anything you can find with a letter and a number next to it, buy it." <laughs> anything you can find that looks antiseptic, bleach, alcohol, anything like that, buy it. Lysol, that looks buy it. antiseptic. <laughs> it just looks antiseptic. If it looks clean, like it could kill a virus, get it. UV lights, perfect. I want five of them. Um, and so, and and you guys, for the edification of any listener out there who aren't the two people that I'm talking to right now, because they happen to be very familiar with my mother. Oh yeah. Um, my mother is a recklessly efficient provisioner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ah, reckless. That's amazing. That's, that's a good way to she, put it. She, I mean, it, 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 your guys can, can, I think the first time I ever went to your, I think the first time I ever went to your house, um, you know, it was, I think I was like, I think you were probably like a junior in high school. I had just graduated and we were like, I think it was like the first time we ever tried to like, you graduated. Yeah. Um, we ever tried to like start a band or whatever and like things went long, whatever. I think it ended up that we all just ended up deciding to spend the night at your house. Your house was the first place I'd ever been in my life where somebody said, Oh, here, you probably need a toothbrush. Right. And like a, dra <laughs> a drawer opened up and there was like 300 toothbrushes in there. I was like, Oh, well sweet. I'm squared away for like ever if I needed to stay here. So <laughs> Exactly. The COVID prep, the COVID preparation began many, many years ago. Right. right. I think uh, I think that was like the winter of two thousand. So that's, twenty years ago. Is, Damn. That is a that is a perfect perfect um, example. That's that's exactly exactly my thoughts. And um, so if you can imagine that kind of a mentality, that is my mom who would stock a million toothbrushes in case I happen to have friends spend the night that would maybe need to brush their teeth. Right. Um. 
then uh, you can imagine the way that she responded <laughs> to me saying, oh God, the world's ending. Get everything you can. Right. She did exactly that. <laughs> so, uh, so that's part of the reason why I am in Arkansas and why I'm proudly in Arkansas right now because this woman amazingly managed to get the PPE of every freaking kind ever. Uh, like I said, every kind of mask, every sort of gown, every sort of like... 70% isopropyl alcohol, 91%. There are literally 48 fucking bottles of isopropyl alcohol downstairs. So we can okay. thank your mom to the sh- for the shortage. Your mom is single-handedly... Yeah. mom... <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> the numbers in Missouri are spiking, all, all because of one woman. <laughs> they, but you know what? They only got mad at the people that tried to sell it off. Right. I had no intention of selling any of it. Right. No yeah, intention. right. This is all mine. Yeah. Right. I'm worried for, I'm worried for my tinfoil hat health so you the real question the real question justin is do you have enough toilet paper (laughs) you know what i don't um that's the one thing i don't have everyone's problem no are you kidding me that's the one that's the thing that she always has she has that i didn't even have plenty of shit tickets yeah yeah mom you do have like 100 rolls downstairs right okay great so i don't (laughs) so you Um, you left boston you left boston to to be with your family and you know in a, in a safer situation. Um, and you're kind of in a position, you're just waiting things out or you, do you have plans to return or what's going on there? Yeah. Um, that's, that's a great question. I really, um, I do have to go back and check on things. Um, I'm sort of feeling out how I, uh, to what extent I'm going to wear a gas mask or what, when I get on a plane, I'm not really sure. Um, Mm -hmm. of course I have those, (laughs) um, (laughs) I've had those for years, though. Um, right. Um, but no, actually, legitimately, that's funny. Uh, that's actually a funny story. I did go to the Army Surplus store um, in the first week of January. Really? Um, yeah. And just with the, when I first started hearing any sort of the slightest inkling about there being a problem with air. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were starting, because I mean, I don't know if you recall, like, and and it's really kind of devastating how little they truly know about this virus right now as is. Yeah, it's but, pretty small. Um, There's not a lot of information. It seems like it's 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 a little scary because with the amount of proficiency that we have in virology, in in what we think of as um, you know these sciences that we've been studying for quite a long time. Um, there's just so few definite answers and those were even less. So of course, at the beginning of January, when the only thing we had was anything, just rumors coming out of Wuhan. Um, and, uh, so maybe it wasn't the first week of January, maybe it was like the second week of January, but I, I went up to the the army surplus store and I was just like, the guy, I mean, was side eyeing me the whole time and I don't blame him, but at the same time I was like, I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. (laughs) Um, when I'm sitting there digging through all the gas masks, I bought five gas masks and about 12 cartridges. Wow. <laughs> so I spent nice. about $300 at the Army Surplus store. Yeah. Um, but, um, but you know what? If I have to go back in an airport, you're damn well sure I'm going to be wearing one because I don't want your cooties. Yeah. Right. No doubt. No, that's... Well, um, I mean, that's the thing to do. At least you have it. You know what I mean? And uh, Exactly. And it's like... And I, I didn't... It was a little weird. I was the first person wearing a mask in, in anywhere I saw, like even like the N95 masks. Now it's right. the it's the popular thing du jour, right? right of course. But um, 
But you know, at same at the same time, I wanted to be the first person because I wanted everybody around to see that people were starting to wear masks, so that they knew that right. they needed to probably start thinking about wearing a mask too, even if yeah. they weren't immediately doing it. They needed to be seeing people doing it. Sure. Um, and then the other side of it too was that um, the added benefit was the, when they saw you with a mask, they cleared the hell out of your way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so that's the added bonus. Um, it's yeah, it's weird, man. I I I wore one. The first time I wore one was at the grocery store about five. That's probably been about four or five weeks ago now. And I did it because my my wife is paranoid and she loves me and she was just like you're gonna go in there you're gonna put on that mask you're gonna keep your sunglasses on you're gonna put on these blue rubber gloves you and you know i mean really be cautious about what you're touching i was like okay yeah yeah yeah. and you know i was pretty much at marching orders like i would get from my mom or something like that but i did it and i was literally the only person in there uh with anything on i, th- I th- <laughs> Yeah, like you scrubbed up for an operation, and everybody right. was just like, uh. and everybody was like, "Wow, whatever." You know, it's like. And then another time, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. Like, uh, Lacey went into a store and she had on a mask, and some guy like made a like a bunch like a, an out loud statement so that everybody around him would hear it. You know, he was wanting to be heard, and he was like, "Everybody needs to chill out with all this paranoia. It's not, you know, life's gonna go on. You don't need to cover up." And Lacey's like, "I kind of felt like an idiot because I had that on, but." It's, it, I mean, it's a little comforting, I guess, like the self-conscious piece of all of us. I mean, everybody's doing it now, so. Everybody's uh, right. Yeah, Everybody rubber works. up. Oh, I saw an old boy at, I went to Ralph's at really early in the morning on Sunday morning, and I saw an old boy in there who looked like the fucking Hurt Locker, man. Like, he had <laughs> the mask, like this full suit. I mean, he was decked head to toe. Like, EOD suit on. He wasn't going, huh? He had, like, the EOD suit on. He didn't have, like, the big, like, typical white, like, you know, CDC thing, but he had, like, this the big black, suit. he had, like, this big, like, self and, like self-contained thing with a shield. I mean, it was intense. Wow. I was like, good God, man. Like, just like going to pick up some orange juice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just here for just my vitamin with, C. Yeah, getting his fucking soy milk, you know what I mean? Oh, God. <laughs> his tofu his cakes. <laughs> So, Justin, what are your, I mean, if you were in the, the dark web side of things and you were, you were doing research, what, what narrative do you, do you exactly subscribe to with where this, what the cause was of this? Where did it come from? 110% biologically, purposefully spliced together. So created like. 0% chance natural. Okay. So you think it was leaked from a P4 lab in China, or do you think that it was so, intentionally okay. released? Um, okay, so I'm, I won't go so far to say as I think that for sure it was intentionally leaked. I do, but I won't, I won't totally say <laughs> I'm not going to say but, this, but... <laughs> but I'm totally going to say this. Um, but I will say with 100% certainty, it is not a natural virus. Anybody that tells you that is wrong. They're doing that for reasons are that can only be described as politic. Okay. Um, this is 100%, in my opinion, I should say, is 100% too devastating. The, the, the magnification of the, uh, magnification of form, the, the greatest form that they've amplified with this in its ability to be as transmissible as the measles. And right. yet, 10 times, you know, orders magnitude more deadly than the flu right. is 
it's that's a once in a lifetime sort of a thing. That's not a normal thing. Um, I mean, we saw we saw SARS happen in the early two thousands, where we had the same sort of respiratory infections, um, but was absolutely had nowhere near the virality of this. It, it you know it was much more difficult to get. It did not spread when it was asymptomatic. It did not um, last on surfaces for three, four weeks. It did not have incubation times above two, two weeks or more. Um, then this is this is a designer little bug, and if you know my, if you've done any research into the P four lab in Wuhan, which is conveniently a stone's throw away from that wet market that took all the blame to begin with. Yeah, I think right. it's only like a couple a blocks miles, right? from the epicenter. Oh, miles? No, I thought it was blocks. So, so, the, so, yeah, so there's there's two locations there actually. So there's the there's the equivalent of the Wuhan Center for Disease Control, which is literally like two blocks from that wet market. But then there's also a P4 lab, which is what they know what they, I guess, would be like the so highest. The, biohazard. It's the Wuhan Institute of Virology, right? Yes, and that would yeah. be that's um, I think five kilometers or so, not far. I mean. And pretty early on, um, people were were um, you were hearing reports that um, there was a young lady who was a student there who disappeared suddenly, um, and there was a re- there's some really nefarious stories about how they all of a sudden her picture disappeared from their graduating class website um, because of, obviously this this um, Wuhan virology is um, is subordinate to the Wuhan Institute of Technology or whatever it is, you know, the, mm-hmm. the local college there, um, mm-hmm. so a graduate student there, um, stu- like stories about how she disappeared, um, who, she was supposedly patient zero, and she disappeared off of like everything on the internet, and then like people kept like text messaging her, and then out of nowhere, two weeks later, they, they would get text messages back like, oh no, I'm just fine, don't worry, just went to go right. see grandma and freaking... <laughs> or something like what right. um, like just something that didn't make any sense and now she's been completely scrubbed from existence wow um, okay and so, so she's the one that um, was believed to be patient zero patient zero right um, did she have like and, a did she actually have like from your research did she have like a like a function and a purpose within the institute a graduate student so she was they a student doing, and uh, she was probably studying yeah. the, the viruses and stuff Exactly. Um, and, okay. you know, the, as far as whether that was a mishandling of a particular specimen or, you know, the one thing that is for certain is that um, as far as anybody can tell, there's never been any bats sold in the Wuhan wet markets. Right. Um, that that's not really a thing. Now, there have been examples of monkeys and things that have been test animals from that Wuhan lab that have been sold into that wet market, which is an absolutely devastatingly disgusting indictment right no kidding culture yeah but man um i will save that for another time um but um i wish i could remember the name of this girl i have to look it up but um but it's 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 an absolutely just a just a draconian story about the way that the government would collapse the narrative around this individual who had a potentially tragic death and would lie just to create a few weeks of opportunity so 
Okay. So, I mean, a lot of that is what's making its way into the media, even today. Um, one of, that was one of the major headlines uh, on Fox News, and I think CNN kind of took their their spin to it as well. And it, and it pretty much alludes to the fact that this is believed to have come from a lab. And, uh, but the difference in the story that the media is selling right now is that it was China studying uh, diseases in an attempt to be as proficient and as superior in their understanding of infectious diseases um, as the Americans. But there was some sort of an accident that it it leaked out of there. So your, your story and that are not 100% in line, but they're similar enough. But so let's just like, I want to focus on like how it got out the front door. You're dealing with, you know, these level four precautions and, and procedures and safe measures and everything that are surrounding it. Dude, that stuff is tight no matter where you're at in the world. Um, so how does, huh? I was going to say, let me jump in on that. Cause I just yeah. watched a, a documentary a few, uh, a few days ago um, that was released by the Epoch Times. I'm not sure if you're familiar mm-hmm. with them at all. Um, yeah, they're a, news, a newspaper that was originally um, started by uh, Falun Gong pr- practitioners in China who wanted to kind of ring the bell about some of the human rights abuses against the Falun Gong people there before they were um, <laughs> invited to leave China and never come back. Um, <clears throat> and they became, I guess, kind of more of an American sort of thing. But uh, certainly somebody that keeping an eye on China for quite a while and um, certainly definitely in their wheelhouse. Um, they put out one of the most thorough documentaries that I've seen to date about um, about um, the the genesis of where this came from, and okay. talking about um, one of the one of the people that uh, the lead reporter there is talking to um, is a lady who is from the United States who had her first you know out of college her first post was in Fort Detrick, which is in Maryland, of course, as you know. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and she said that that's also where, um, our level four facility is that's, or one of our level four facilities that's outside of Atlanta, um, is at Fort Detrick. And she said that even we have amazing lapses in our, uh, tidiness in terms of keeping our jurors where they belong. Right. And she's like trying to contain saying, information, like, you know? And, yeah, exactly. And she she was saying that, you know, like, if we have those problems, you cannot tell me that they're not having exactly those problems, but worse in every other P4 lab out there. So absolutely terrifying, terrifying statement. So that paint. Well, yeah. And, and that also paints the picture of of the level of security that we're talking about. This is not the kind of thing that anybody wants to, you know, to follow people out. It's 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 crazy. Um, but. So how does it get out? Was this an intentional, uh, in your mind, in your opinion, is this something that was intentionally let out the back door so that it would take the effect that it has? And if so, what was the motivation behind that? Or was this an, an oopsie? And, and then they, okay. were, they realized that it was an accident and they needed to kind of cl- cover it up a little bit. Let me, let me, uh, let me ask you this. How far into the dark side do you want to go? No, I'm I'm asking like what do you what do you believe? Because I mean for for a lot of people, they're only going to have 
you know, the perspectives of what they, you know, of people they talk to. So this is their chance to hear a perspective that you might have. Which one have oh. you, have you believe you've, you've found truth in? I'll tell you what, I keep doors open. I don't, okay. I don't close doors in my mind. That, right. That's, I think that does lend me to be a little bit more conspiracy minded, but it also lends me to be more prepared in circumstances such as this. And, have the edification to know kind of what the hell's going on while the whole world is going in chaos. Okay. Um, so with that being said, as a preface to how crazy the next thing I'm about to tell you is, um, I'll say that I am not at all surprised that we got our first case coming here really the first kind of winds of it happening um, at the same time while the whole impeachment thing was going on. Interesting. Yeah. You're going down. You're, you're getting, you're getting into a, into some uncharted territories. Please, please carry on. I want to hear this. He did ask about the dark side, Corey. I did. I did. I I warned you in the dark. You were forewarned. Well, uh, Well, I think part of it to me is, is, I get these lagging indicators, right? Where there's things that don't make sense Mm -hmm. and, and they just, they start to accumulate as remainders in my mind and they just keep adding and adding and adding and adding. And then all of a sudden something else will come up and be like, wait a second, is that why that is? Because they, I, I, I operate from a fundamental, which is that everything has rationality to it. Okay. People are acting in a way that is rational to themselves. Right. It's, you know, in one way, shape or form, somebody's gaining something out of something. It's rational as, so, as it's relevant. <laughs> exactly. Right. So, um, I guess I say that to say what didn't make sense to me was the whole pacing of the impeachment thing. How it was rush, 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 get to the house, get to the house and then stop and okay. wait and wait. And we're not sending it to the Senate. And we're not sending it to the Senate. And we're not sending it to the Senate. And then the virus is whispering. And we're sending it to the Senate. And it was just like those two things just happened at the exact same time. And that was to me like a little bit of synchronicity that was like explaining, I guess sort of started to develop a kind of a narrative in my mind that was like, I don't understand what they're doing here because this impeachment is not going to go well for them. Right. Is I don't think anybody who really like I don't know to me there was never any chance of him getting taken out of office from it. No, I don't think so either. So, so I so I was thinking it was like why waste the political capital to do so? Um, because you know there was a lot of there was a lot of heat that was thrown down on that. So I knew there had to be another motivation. It wasn't just for going through the strokes of saying, "Well, we impeached him. That was cool." Yeah. Um, you know, so I knew that there had to be something more to it. It had to be something that would play into the 2020 election. And it had to be something that this was going to play cover up for something else because I knew this wouldn't be the primary thing. So, okay. Imagine just, like I said, I know this is going down a dark side for you. Yeah. But. It's fun though, isn't it? If you, it's, <laughs> it's, it's fun though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so if you think about it for a second though, like, um, if the impeachment wasn't going to be successful in its in its primary objective, as it seemed to be, I think most people could tell that that was going to be the case. Um, 
then it had to be a surreptitious cover for something else. Okay. And whatever that other thing is had to also provide that same benefit or outcome. So what does a widespread pandemic do? Well, let's start going down the list. One, keeps Donald Trump from having very successful rallies in which he rallies up all these people and 100,000 people show up and all stand together. Yeah. But also, it also hurts the other side too because they now can't have those rallies either. Were they having those rallies successfully? No, but it, I mean, it's inevitable. It's going to come because it's, uh, you know, ah, it's an election year. Well, let's check back in six months and see how that happens. Okay. But, but, and I just said just because, not just politically speaking, just in terms of like anybody politician, it's just, just Trump specifically, I guess, is known for his particular brand of having these ginormous rallies, kind of more like almost Bernie Sanders style, I guess would be the closest um, parallel on the left. I don't think Joe Biden is anywhere near that. I think he'd have a hard time filling up a Starbucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, and that's not to say anything about whether or not he's a you know, decent person or a good politician or whatever. Just nothing about that. Right. Um, it's just, he's not exciting in the same way. He's not the thrill of the leg kind that Barack Obama was. He's the old weathered kind of old hat. Right. But regardless. Um, so I, I think that that's not particularly the same sort of problem, but, but, but even, okay, set that aside. Trump was having incredibly successful rallies, you know, huge record breaking turnouts. Those stop. What else stops? The economy that Trump had been touting, you know, about how, oh, the stock market's so great. This is, you know, look at my doing, blah, blah, blah. What happens? You know, we lose 20% off the market. Right. Not great. Uh, you know, what else happens? Um, all of a sudden, Joe Biden, the front runner for the Democrats, who's had been having a little bit of problem with knowing where he is, kind of, sometimes. Um, all of a sudden, you get to pull him out of the spotlight. Um, so there were a lot of things that are accomplished, I guess, via having this all of a sudden shut everybody indoors um, that just seemed too perfect to me. When I see things so elegant like that, I just have a really hard time saying, eh, probably nothing. Probably a coincidence. Probably just a total <clears throat> Yeah, all during an election year, like all, all at the same time. I mean, it, it definitely at is exact like... exact perfect time. Right. It's elegant. I guess that's what I mean. it's, it's. It's an elegance to it that I feel is is. It's just it's. It's just too good to be true. It's either too good to be true, or it is literally a just. It just happens to be a perfect storm. I mean, there's really only two ways you can go. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it really exactly. is all just. It's all just either just completely a freak and total accident, or somebody totally planned it because that's the only other thing it could be. So yeah. if it was planned, who? If if it was planned, who who planned it? Oh, that's the question. Because the only and the only reason I ask that is because, dude, I think some big crazy um, things have happened in our government, and usually when those big and crazy things happen it might affect one, two, three, maybe five other countries. Right. But it's never, it, I've, there has yet to ever be something so big that was just in our interest or a party's interest that has ever affected 
to this scale ever. Right. Um, so that that's powerful, man. Like what's, there has to be some crazy motivation and I don't know. What were you going to say, Adam? Well, I was going to ask, does this, Justin, does this tie in or Corey, does this tie in with you at all with like, uh, the Rockefellers or Bill Gates and the ID 2020 and you know, that whole thing. Like, I mean, cause that seems to be the face of what they're trying to do, at least what Bill Gates is trying to do. And if uh, the Rockefellers are a part of it, there's huh? Doesn't it seem perfect? It, se- it seems pretty perfect. And old Bill's been out there talking about it for a while, hadn't he? You know what I mean? So, and so is, you know, if you're one of those tinfoil hat people, you have undoubtedly heard that. What is it from, um, uh, that 9-11 documentary or whatever from one of the uh, Rockefeller people who's like, oh, we're all going to have chips. It's all going to be crazy. You know, it's just enslavement, whatever. You know, um, this is the, the iron is, the proverbial iron is hot. Yeah, this is, yeah, zeitgeist. That's, that's what it was or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, the proverbial iron is hot, you know, right? You know, I mean, so. Oh, it's, it's textbook, man. And that's what makes it so devastating because I wanted to believe these were just fancies. That they were just kind of fun little stories to tell. You know, boogeymen almost. Yeah. And I don't believe that anymore. So I, what... I am... How, so how does this happen then? Like, this is this becomes a, a maniacal plan, uh, you know, by a group of persons. And they, what, they sabotage the, the, the research facility that this leaked from. And then they made it... They facilitated a leak, so to speak. I don't think that's. I don't think that that sounds nearly as crazy as what you're trying to make it sound. No, I'm not trying to make it sound crazy. I'm just. Well, I, okay, okay, maybe. I, I'm. Maybe. I'm more so trying to beat up and and dissect the mechanics of it. How does? I guess I. I should. How say, many you know, players get involved? Heard, well, let me let me let me attach another little thread to this. Um, this all happened, and I, I don't know for some people don't. Um, I do attend um, classes at Harvard. And so we were pretty quick. Just to had to get that one in there, didn't he? Just had to get it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm smarter. Than um, so, um, <laughs> no, so we were pretty quick to hear about Dr. Lieber, who was arrested for having spent the last 13 or 14 years in the Thousand Talents program in China. Um, and they kind of got him the way that they got um, Al Capone. They didn't get him for actually being a spy for China, which is totally what he was. Right. Um, they got him because he had applied for grants for the, uh, the, the microbiology lab at Harvard. And in those grant paperwork, you are required to uh, list any uh, foreign funding that you have that could compromise your, I guess um, – your ascetic nature in terms of your proud patriotic keeping it all within the the local family. Um, and he never reported that he was getting this money from the thousand talents program, which in fact he'd made like $13 million or some crazy amount of money, um, over the last, I don't know, 15 years or something. Um, but yeah, so we're pretty quick to hear about that. And that was all happening. Like I said, at the same time when I was starting watching these videos come out of Wuhan, I was like, so we've got this guy who's the head of microbiology, which is also, you know, like the virology part, uh, virology labs at Harvard, who's been flying back and forth to China for the last 15 years, helping them set up a lab. 
And now he's arrested. And now there's a virus. And then at the same time, there were those two Chinese nationals that were out of Canada that were, uh, and this was within a week of each other, Dr. Lieber and these two Chinese nationals out of Canada who were working in Alberta or somewhere like that, who I guess this one lady was caught crossing into the United States with active samples of a coronavirus. What? With the intention to fly back to China. That got put on the like mute real fast. As far yeah, as I, I, would can tell. I would imagine. Um, but like I said, these are these little synchronicities that are like, wait a minute, like these all are in the same orbit. They're all, they're all too closely wound together for me to be stupid enough to say, yeah, it's probably nothing. Especially throughout the fabric of time, you know, it'd be like one thing if they were, you know, exactly. six months, two years, 10 years, 20 years it apart, but you're talking weeks. the same two week period. Yeah, I can see that. And like, like, but so we still just, didn't address who was like weaving this thing together. Like, what's what's the thought on that? Like, where do you stand on that? As far as what? Like, who's we? If, you know, we're talking about like this all being woven together. Like, who's sitting there with the needles, putting it all? You know, watching well, TV, think, knitting it all together. You know, what's the deal? Who is? Who's in well, charge? I will say that that there's a very famous um, virologist, specifically out of Wuhan, um, and her name sounds like Xi Jinping, but I think it's Xi Jinping or something. I don't know. It's close. Um, and she's a really famous uh, for her study into coronavirus and magnifications of scale or ma- greatness of scale. Like there's, there's a term for this that I'm missing right now, but um, that uh, in her research um, has all been based around bat-based coronaviruses and um, using the CRISPR protocol, which is gene splicing, um, for taking bits and pieces from these spike proteins out of certain viruses and inserting them into other viruses to make them more um, communicable, which is just a, the kind of disgusting sort of research we should absolutely not be tolerating. Yeah, it's playing right? God. It's playing God, one, and it's absolutely asking for it. Yeah. 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 Um, and and the problem is that, you know, what you're going to find if you look back far enough is that the United States has been part of the funding implementation for her research. And this is happening in communist China, who I don't know. I, I, I guess I didn't ever have any misgivings about them being not necessarily our friends. But for some reason, it seems like too many people have just made that kind of a foregone conclusion that they're probably our friends. And I, I just, I take a little bit more of a guarded step towards anybody that has communists at the beginning of their party name. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, but this, this one particular lady had a, um, had a paper come out, I believe it was in 2018 that has been deleted since, or it was a presentation, I think that that's been since deleted from the Wuhan site, excuse me, Wuhan Institute of Technology site. That was about her ability to take these spike proteins and put them specifically into the coronavirus for the ability of making it an incredibly devastating transmission uh, transmission rate. And um, there's, um, along with some of the, the, the research that she was doing with this, um, she was also talking about how... Um, or I guess in some of the presentations, they were talking about how the um, the amino acid response from these viruses, um, they were finding that um, there was a 
exact similarity of amino acid response between this uh, SARS-2 virus that we're currently dealing with and um, a bat coronavirus that they had recently dredged out of this cave, which when you, my understanding of virology is when something goes from species to species, it has to mutate. It doesn't stay the same. Mm -hmm. There's some sort of nature that happens there. And therefore that nature almost always leads to a differentiation in its amino acid response. So what that means is if you got two different species of virus that have the exact same amino acid response, they've been cloned together. Say that again. It's been what? Wow. It's been cloned wow. together. I mean, they, they've come from the same source. Right. Somebody spliced one up, put a different piece into it. And synthesized different, something different. Yeah. It put, put the right kind of Velcro on it. Okay. Right. And kept all the other moving parts into the same, which does not happen in nature. No. Ever. Nature has, a, has, has its own elegance to it. But it's not cut and dried and cleared and fast like that. Right. It's uh, you know you would you would see something with like, you know if if it if it moved from a bat to a person, then you would see maybe one person would get it, but it wouldn't be that transmissible to people. It would have to mutate again within that person, and that person would have to maybe sexually transmit it to another person, and then right. maybe that next person would get a mutation. That would be a little bit closer to something that would be aerosolized or whatever. And you'd be right. working through these these uh, generations. And these generations would, as they changed and morphed, the, or mutated, I guess you could say, would be the better word for it. They would also um, change some of the responses and some of the, like, the, the amino acid responses, the ways that we test and identify viruses. Um, <clears throat> so... When you've got two different, like essentially two different ones that are identical, there's some fuckery happening. Yeah. Well, so you're talking about a Chinese virologist that also had sponsorship from the United States. You mean like educational institutions? Do you mean yeah, like federal yeah. federal grants? Both. Do you mean both? Both. Okay. So basically, this has been created and. At this point, it is just it a matter of it's. Ba and so, but at this point, it's basically a matter of figuring out if it was a, you know, a Action. human er a human error, which is uh, I was I've been doing some research here. Uh, there's actually a wonderful. I need to send you this article from Medium because this information polling is this stuff that's quoted from Medium. This guy wrote this article, and like um, this says that you know s basically 65 to 80 percent of like incidents leading to potential exposures from labs is like human error you know um so no it doesn't seem like a coincidence that you know this lab was so close to the wet market where you know was the epicenter of this you know uh, the, the epicenter of this i guess i could just end it there um we just have to figure out if it was an accident or not and that's really where you know if it was malintent or not and that's really where it comes in is this elegance or is this accident so well, I, you I just you, tend to believe was... it's elegance or, well, you know. I'll, I'll tell you, there's a couple things whenever I, uh, whenever I was first hearing about this that were real scary. Um, and I, I haven't totally put him to bed yet. I'm not quite as worried about him. 
because I've gotten so much more more things to think about since. But um, it might be worth reprising now. Um, whenever this first started to come out, there were rumors that this was originally supposed to come out in the United States. It was not meant to come out in China first. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, rumors, rumors. Yeah. 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 Um, that this was about four years, three, four years ago, uh, as a famous Chinese general that had written a book, um, which I think roughly translates to like, like infinite warfare. Um, he had been, he had been, um, I guess, asked to grade whether in a direct head-to-head fight with the United States, whether the Chinese military would fare well or not. And um, he had come to the conclusion that they would get their asses kicked. Which, China would? You, yeah, you would. Um, world's, world's greatest air force, isn't it? We got this, man. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't you worry about <laughs> <Yeah>. it. So <laughs> what they do. So he's asked to make recommendations. And what his recommendation is, is the most dastardly, devilish thing you can imagine, which is take the rope, take anything that was tethering us back before, any sort of decorum, any sort of niceties, formalities, take it all off the table. Anything we can do to destroy the other people is we'll do it, which could mean terrorism. It could mean bioweapons. It could mean anything. And that the only way that they could be successful in a head-to-head battle with America would be utilizing these sorts of forms. And you can read more about that. Um, I believe the name of it is... There's a book by... He's a think tanker out of Washington. I think it's called The Hundred Year Marathon. Um that talks a lot about how China has had their eye on becoming the number one power in the world for quite some time. And so, as I said, some people looked at this as kind of a declaration of war, um, so to speak. And, and we're almost had been almost waiting for it given that Donald Trump, whenever he was first greeted in the, uh, you know, as coming as an emissary from the United States, he was the first president ever invited into the Forbidden City to have dinner. Right. Yeah. Right. So to me, I, I'm thinking back. I'm like, were they sitting there talking about how they're about to go to war? Those conversations, dude. They, they are always uh, smile for the camera. You son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, right. they're they're never as as diplomatic as they as they seem. They're they're oh, there's right. always tensions. So it's. I mean, that's my belief, at least. I don't I don't I think know. they fly all that way just for dog and pony show. They got to get somebody's going to shut the door and say, all right, down to brass tacks. Here's what are we what are we looking at? You know, um, I can almost see that as as almost a, a very traditional Chinese thing to do, essentially, is, you know, the head of the of your opposition comes and sits down with you and you invite them to a good meal and say, we're going to battle for all the marbles now. You understand that, right? Right. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. So, I mean, uh, I mean, so does that mean we're looking at like basically an economic burnout for the next century? Like, is that, is that the implication there? 
I think six trillion dollar stimulus is a great way to start. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, but but there's another side to it too, though, that I think is is plausible. Okay, so that doesn't mean war with China necessarily, because I believe I do believe there's a lot of internal strife in China that we are uh, most Americans are not aware of. Right. There's a, I'm sure. There's a shadow government of sorts within China um, that Xi Jinping does not have control over. In terms of my understanding, there's a part, there's a faction of the Chinese government that is still loyal to the previous, um, the previous president, Jing Zemin. Right. Um, And that is a particularly nasty guy. He's the guy who took over right after the Tiananmen Square. Um, Uh Deng Xiaoping, Tiananmen Square, all that stuff. Um, Right. And he's the one that is most widely credited with um, beginning the mass genocide of the Uyghurs in the northwest of China, as well as beginning the brutal crackdown on Christian Christians in China, um, right. as well as the red market trafficking of organs from the Falun Gong practitioners. Um, you know, in 1999, they had something, you know, a couple of hundred transplants. Within like a year or two, they were up to tens of thousands without having any sort of like donor system. Just found it. Yep. What do you know? (laughs) Walking down the street and wouldn't you know it, there was a spleen right there. It's amazing. If I just happen to drop 150,000 bucks out of my pocket, I could just happen to pick up a liver next week. Right. What do you know? (laughs) Um, But he, like I said, uh, Jing Jimeng is the guy that's responsible in theory. Um, for the beginning of that, he was the president of China, um, kind of the party leader for quite a while. Um, and to my understanding, from what I've heard, he still has the reins of power, even if he's 90-something years old now. But it's his lineage, essentially. The uh, uh, Jing, I guess you could say. Jing Jimin. Jing Jimin. Um, that family still has power over southern China. So Shanghai and even up and through Wuhan as well. Whereas Beijing is more closely associated with the current presidency in Xi Jinping. So there's actually seeming like there's a power struggle there within the, within the, 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 the party itself. So it could be that Xi Jinping is the good guy here and is yeah. trying to do what's right, but he has to watch his back at the same time because any amount of weakness out of him and he'll get absolutely swallowed up. Right. So there's is that, a, there's, so it there's you say that too, you say that there's like a like a, a sinister possibly a sinister side to the Chinese government that may not involve their leader. Do we do you believe that there's something similar in in the states? 100%. I, I believe there's a, anywhere you go. Okay. I I would say that that's a, that's a dynamic of life that can never be outsmarted wow um, interesting but yeah I mean I, I think that there's anywhere there's a will <clears throat> then it's gonna happen alright so I guess I'm still and I hate to just keep going over this but I mean is there is there someone is there a group is there anyone that you could say alright these are the people this or the persons who are the most likely people to have pulled the trigger? Like, would it be a, would it be like, a, like a democrat? You know, would, I, I can't imagine it would be like a democratic 
I would think it would be like a deep state. Maybe it is like a liberal person, but you know, they've got to be affiliated with some group that's not directly tied to somebody, right? I mean, that seems a little too obvious. Um, well, I think, um, I guess to, to take that one a little closer on the chin, I would say there is a collaboration of people out there that is worried about whether or not their end comes soon. And if you're used to having unbridled power, any challenge to that power could be re- could be a reason to set the world on fire. So are you calling this like a last attempt or a death rattle kind of thing for like yeah. that? Yeah, I think, I think, I'd, say, I'd say, yeah, the, the dead cat bounce. So we're back to like a drain the swamp sort of situation kind of thing. I, 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 to me, that's what makes the most sense, you know, and, and maybe it's not that, but like, to me, I, I see desperation in this because think about it. I've lived for however many years and this is only a distant nightmare. Yeah. The kind of stuff you read about in like a Tom Clancy novel. Right. Yeah. Never, uh, so ever, ever did I fancy that this was going to be me actually hunkering down with my family for however many freaking months. That's that was my next question. What do you think? I mean, you're thinking months. You're thinking year. I mean, really. Uh, it, I mean, it seems like there's really nothing. The the earliest thing that we can hope for is just a very effective medical treatment that will, you know, keep you from getting extremely sick before there is a vaccine. You know what I mean? So there's the I mean, other side of it. You just covered two other sides there that are that are. I think when you're dealing with these things, there are a lot of interested. There are a lot of stakeholders. Okay, so if, I don't know if anybody's worked with a corporation before, a project management side, when you talk about oh, the relevant stakeholders have to, you know, submit their notes on the blah blah. blah. Um, there are a lot of people that are tied up into anything, any decision that's made, any action that's taken, specifically something this big. I think that there's a relevant stakeholder in terms of a cure or a vaccine. I think there's a relative stakeholder in terms of the actual process of, of you know, the, the genesis of, of the way that a virus gets out there and causes hell in the earth, <laughs> hell on earth in, in certain ways. I think there are people who are, have something to gain from that. Um, you know, I think that there's a, a, there could be a syndicate of interested parties that all had something to gain out of this. I just, I mean, there I, I just, inevitably there would be, right? I mean, well, yeah, and, that, and that, I guess that's what I mean. It's like you know, inevitably there's going to be people that are going to benefit from whatever happens, especially anytime. The more crazy something is, the more serious something is, the bigger somebody's going to profit on it. Absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So think about it. Gilead Sciences just happened to have remdesivir in development, which is this cutting edge antiviral drug. Um, that within the first week of us hearing that there's an outbreak of some sort of SARS-like illness in Wuhan, China, the United States government sends over a big old box of remdesivir. And, which the CCP immediately patented in China. Bastards. Um, Bastards. But, the, I just, it's, it's just interesting to me once again, the elegance. 
just, and, I mean, it's, right. it's there's, all, there's a, there's a lot of very, 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 very coincidental things or somebody totally did all this shit. You know, I mean, it's, it's conceivable. Yeah. So, that, yeah, yeah. It's like, but at some point I think, I think that that's something that's worth, that's really worth hashing over. I mean, I, I just cannot figure out why people think that the more sane approach is to presume that all of these things that seem to be connected aren't connected. That's, right. To me, that's, that's as nonsensical as assuming that, you know, oh, I have two left feet just because, you know, I can't dance. So I can dance. Have you looked into, I'm sure if, if you're, if you're looking into, you know, things with relation to this, what have you looked into about like things that China has done with us? Uh, with regard to information warfare, information warfare is something I'll be honest. I knew nothing about until I was stationed in Japan and we, the air force has information operations officers, and that is their job is just to kind of understand essentially like propaganda and, and how information 100%. can be used as warfare. Um, 100%. And I, and I got to sit through a couple, they were non-classified briefings. They were just like gee whiz information kind of things that it just makes you think in a different, a different level. Um, it makes you, it makes you think for yourself as opposed to thinking and just believing what is sold to you on the media. So there's some, there's all kinds of things, theories out there about information warfare campaigns that are being, um, that are being, you know, launched on us on a daily basis, just through social media exactly. um, to, to get us exactly. not as, and the idea being not so much that like, this is going to be like a missile that hits us. It's going to be, it's going to be like the guy that shoves a guy in the bar and then immediately ducks and lets everybody else in the bar fight. So he That's got them right. to destroy each other by, That's right. by just by instigating something. Uh, I, I, I think that stuff's really interesting too. That's incredibly interesting, and, and if anybody wants to know more about that, I would suggest they. This is edifying as as, as it is terrifying. Um, look up the imitable uh, Dr. Michael Aquino, um, who was I believe he was in the army, uh, army information warfare specialist, um, who was also a practicing Satanist. Satanist. And yes. Okay. And, um, like, fully known, that was his religion with the army. Um, and he developed a lot of the information warfare protocols during, back in the 70s and 80s. Okay. Um, to, my under, to my understanding, anyway. Um, ter- absolutely terrifying. I just, I, it makes me, it makes my stomach turn to even think about him. And if, if the thought of him isn't bad enough, look at his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at him now. He's he's a fucking he's got, freak. Yeah, he's got something going on up there, doesn't he? <clears throat> he's got something going on. But anyway, uh, yeah, Corey, I, think, I think you absolutely hit on one of the most important things that has been, uh, I guess, illuminating to me, which was that there is so much at stake within the world. To believe that anything is left to chance is just... A fool's errand. Yeah. There are billions of people out there and every single one of them wants something. And they're all playing in the same market. So once again, to believe that things just happen, sort of, maybe, and especially when they happen in certain ways to have certain outcomes that all certain happen to either 
disadvantage one person or advantage another person, to believe that those things are connected, I, I think that takes a really a special, a special sort of um, rigidity against logical thinking. Well, and, and not even that. I mean, just necessarily, it, it you got to entertain the idea that what we, what the average person wakes up and thinks about on a daily basis probably isn't, isn't the whole thing. Because even if it's not a matter of like an, a major takeover, like what you're kind of uh, implying might be going on here, it, there's just, there's going to be a constant struggle, even at, you know, with a low Correct. roar, you know, there's, it's just 100%. everything operates at a different level um, exactly. than what we, than what we digest normally. So and and I and I think you you hit you hit on the nail, the nail on the head. Whenever you were talking about how you have these information information warfare specialists out there that are just kind of laying seeds everywhere right. they go. They right. sort of they they don't maybe they're not making you think something, but they're making you think something that's going to later make you think something else that they that is what they originally had in, in mind. Um, or they make you think something that makes you mad at somebody else, which was actually what they wanted to do in the first place. Well, it's like psychological um, warfare too, because you're not necessarily, 100%. it's not like walking up to somebody and shooting them with a gun. It's like walking up to somebody and saying choice words so that they go and shoot themselves. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it, and it's, and how did that happen? So nefarious. Right. It's yeah. So it's nefarious. And that's it's spooky, right man. Now it's spooky and it's, a testament to all the more that people have to, have to, have to. Now more than ever, it is... Our freedoms are imperiled if we do not. We have to be better about not just being headline gawkers. We have so, to read the subtext. We have to read through to the end of it. Because but, if we don't, then we will, we will get caught up in all of these made-for-TV little bits and bites that are what ultimately end up shaping crowds into certain ways and into certain corners. But the average person, like the average Joe Schmo, do you think the world is better off that they know about all the craziness that's going on behind the scenes? Or are we all better off, you know, having people just... I don't think the average Joe Schmo exists one year from now. Really, you think it's it's going to evolve that fast? You I, think so? I well, think you have I don't think you have a choice. So something has to be undis- you know, not undiscovered, but um, unveiled or discovered. I think, yeah, I think there is an awakening of sorts. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I do. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's incumbent upon us to rise to the occasion, despite how uncomfortable it may be, and it will be uncomfortable because trust me, I'm already uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But. Um, you know, I think there's been ample reason to believe that. I mean, like, I, you know, once again, I, I, without going too crazy off the side, I'll say that. Oh, oh excuse me. I will say that um, having followed um, on 4chan and then subsequently to 8chan and Akum, the, the whole Q movement, they've been talking up an enormous event of you know of massive implications for three years so with every single thing that it made me think that they were telling the truth i was thinking well what the hell is this big event gonna be because this must be pretty big 
And so whenever I found out that this virus was like, oh, this is it, I immediately knew that's what it was, what we were talking about here. Because it was hmm. like, this is the type of thing that has the power to take the world and set it on fire. Well, it, I think and, Ab and I have brought this up on all the previous podcasts we've done. Is like this thing has done an incredible job of of kind of leveling the playing field with everybody. Like, who gives a shit absolutely. about celebrities anymore? I, absolutely. you know, I don't and care about celebrities hard. and fame and you know, wealth doesn't mean anything if you don't have health. You know, so I think it took a I, lot of pe- people and put them all in the same playing field. And I think that that's part of his elegance too. You know, I, I think that that's a beautiful thing. Especially when you can find that kind of a silver lining out of something that's so ultimately tragic and, and is causing so much death and despair um, that I think it's, it's that once again, that elegance, that there is a certain, I, I, I've gotten much more spiritual, I would say, in the last couple of months. Um, I have gotten much more humble or maybe towards my family, I guess, in certain accepting ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been some, some personal changes, I think, for everybody that's that's been through, you know, what's been happening here. And, you know, it's funny because we used to say, oh, you know, someday our kids will ask us what, you know, what we were doing during 9-11. And that's the thing I was saying at the very beginning. was like, I don't think they're going to ask about 9-11. I think they're going to ask about this. Right. Yeah. Because this is the thing, man. This is, think about this. The whole world's shutting down? Oh, this is the <laughs> easily the biggest thing that could happen, you know? It's the biggest thing since the Spanish <laughs> flu. Like 9-11, not to, not to discount it, but 9-11 was a big deal, but what was it, 20, 2,800 or 3,200 people perished that day? And That's correct. Wo- yeah, it was like and world, and worldwide. Inch, yeah. yeah, and worldwide right now, um, you know, you're, what, 28,000? Have we crossed 30,000 in the United States is 28,000. Yeah. 28,000 dead in the United States alone, plus the worldwide casualties. And, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's out of hand. You so, know, I, so allow me, allow me to toss this back to you guys. Then imagine then if we're talking about this kind of devastation and we do find out that somebody released this intentionally, what do we do? Somebody has to be the world police on that one because this isn't, yeah, dude. Like who being having having lived uh, all over the world and knowing that freedoms are not the same uh, as what we know. You know, Japan is a, a great ally of ours, and they're a great country, but they have some weird, they have some weird like rules. Like if you get uh, police can arrest you in Japan and hold you for twenty eight days without even telling you why they arrested you. Wow. You're under arrest, put on these bracelets and go sit in a tank. We'll tell you why later. And um and we'll prosecute you. We can wait twenty eight days to to think about prosecuting you and before you can go uh for a bail hearing. It's like what? And and so, you know, being active duty military, I'm not above those things. So when I lived there, that's like one of the first things they tell you, They're like, Hey, be careful, you know. You guys don't have the same rights here as you do whenever you live in America. Um, you know, Turkey, Turkey's, yeah, Turkey's totally crazy too. But I mean, these are great civil allies of ours that are, they're great countries with, you know, they're developed nations and stuff like that. So when you take the, 
you know, the community opinion of, let's just say that some guy named Scott did this and everybody's pissed and everybody wants blood for Scott. Like, what are they going to do to him? You're going to have some very different uh, cultural opinions and norms and talk about a power struggle as to who gets jurisdiction to, oof, I don't even know about that, man. That gets pretty messy. So, um, Spike. yeah, I don't know. I mean, cause then you're going to have, you know, ah, oh, man, I don't know. I, that one gets really weird because it's just so many levels of complexity um, for for who gets who gets their pound of flesh for that. So I think it's a real possibility. What that we'll figure out who did it? Yeah, I don't know that we'll know. I don't know that like we're gonna find out. Yeah, I don't think you so know, either, man. Seem- I'm not saying you'll find out. I'm saying somebody will. Right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, but I mean. That really just makes it like hard to answer. Like, well, you know, if if the if the common man does it isn't going to know, then what happens is, you know, all behind but closed that's, doors anyway. But so. I think that is the I think that's the answer to this. Is you're saying that there's going to be an awakening of, hey, the world is not, you know, the the puppy dogs and unicorns and sunshine and rainbows that that we all think it is. It actually has a darker motivation behind it and some some really sinister things going on but everybody needs to know that now uh, i think the the responsibility of those in power will i think it is and i think they will um try to resolve it in a way so that they can restore that blind i agree that that blind uh you know trust and order because that's the second they have that to. Yeah, they have to, because you want to talk about the end of the world. It's whenever people realize that the organization and the structure doesn't right. exist at all, you know? Right. That it's all within our minds. That, that yeah, And that's 100% the absolute horror story. And that's the reason why I think it is imperative that we, we do get back to some semblance of normalcy sooner than later. Because if we let this thing all just kind of fade from our minds... We'll be in feudal America within three years. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get at some points, you know, you do have to motivate people to go back to work. Like, I know over the last month, like, it's been hard to even think about going back because of the threat of this thing. But at some point, you're, you know, people have to do something. I mean, yeah, mental health to. is going to be greatly affected. Not to mention, people are going to have to start making money because there are going to be a lot of kids born in the next eight to 12 months. Yeah. Yeah, that are a lot of like, domestic oh, violence cases. Yeah. Well, that that's already gone up substantially, and we know pregnancies are going to go up because we, we also know there's a condom shortage because, uh, you know, when word got out that you know you were supposed to be wearing gloves and stuff, I guess in China, like people were buying condoms and just using those on their fingers to use, you know, like the ATM or whatever. So you got a oh billion Chinese God. people trying to buy condoms all at once, and then they're making the condoms. Then you turn around and we don't have any condoms, and man, there are going to be a lot of kids here real soon. I mean. I mean, it. Oh, it's a lot of pulling and praying, and there's going to be a lot of unanswered prayers. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, people are going to have to make money. They're going to have to support their kids. There's going to be more mouths to feed. Like, you know, something's going to have to happen at some point. Like, but to go to the big picture of this, the, I mean, I think the big picture on it is that if they don't restore civil order, if they let it slip out of control, all of that means nothing, man. The guy that supports the guy that supports his family by being a barista at Starbucks, guess what? His job doesn't exist anymore. The guy that became a hunter gatherer. 
He's a hunter gatherer. Yeah, you go to to very scary, um, you know, primitive professions that are based completely and totally on survival and not on the niceties that we know. So I think restoring order and getting us back to whatever we call normal or even adapt, even a modified normal, you know, it's, you know, some, some sort of understanding that we live in a world that has diseases and we need to be extra careful now, but guess what? You can still go to Starbucks, you know, you can still get that, that pumpkin frappuccino. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, I'm so, I want everything right now. I just want to consumerize <laughs> just everything. Like, give me Dunkin' Donuts, pumpkin spice latte. Um, uh, I, I think you're exactly right, though, Corey. Like, um, there's, it, this, if nothing, this is a cautionary tale of the fragile edifice that is our culture and our society. And how one little thing, one little mistake one little nefarious act by one person could literally send everything into a tailspin. Total peril. Imagine if if this virus was 10 years further on in development and had the the mortality rate of Ebola, 50-60%. Yeah. With the transmissibility of the measles, with an R-naught factor of three or four. But I think at that at that rate, I don't know that somebody would want to let that one out of the cage because it would be too fast to even protect themselves from it. Probably, you know what I mean? Like this, this when the projections came out and the numbers came out, they're like, yeah, there'll be two million dead. I'm like, wow, that's a lot. But the one thing that they were not talking about was over what duration of time. You know, and I think that's why some people were panicking. They're like, two million dead in the United States. Oh my god! And you're like, and you're watching it, and you're like. 200 died today, 300 died the next day. That's going to take a long time to get to 2 million. But it's also in the grand scheme of things, it's also not because, you know, we've been in this so-called lockdown quarantine type state now for about five, is it about five weeks-ish, four four weeks, something like that. Yeah, it's like four weeks tomorrow. Yeah, it's been about a month. And in that month, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I keep posting it on the dot, dot, dot podcast uh, Instagram um, just me tracking it, but you know, we were, the numbers were small, like they were very, very small. And now it's, it's astronomical. It's almost 2 million or did we cross 2 million yet for worldwide infections? Um, yeah, we're just over 2 million, 2 million, 83,000. Yeah. Almost 2.1 million. So, wow. You know, like that, that is happening fast, crazy. but if you talked about something that was twice or even three times as, as aggressive as this, dude, it would be, it'd be out of hand. Like, that's when you're going to yeah. start to see those numbers. And, but I mean, that's, that's, if you want to talk about the ultimate tinfoil hat conspiracy is the idea of world depopulation. Yeah. That that's the goal. Right. They, 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 they want less people on the earth. Like a lot less people, like not just a couple of hundred thousand less, like, you know, let's take, let's, you're on about a 10. We could use you at about a two. Yeah. That's and, a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, could they have achieved that with an Ebola-like virus like this that they happen to have the cure for already? Like, just like remdesivir. Uh, that's still going through clinical trials or something. Oh, sorry, we can't get it out to you just yet. Sorry, I know we've got it, but we can't have it yet. Sorry. Sorry, I know all your family's dying. Sorry. And then all of a sudden you're down to a billion and a half people on the earth and 
Like, oh, thank goodness. Well, you know it's going to... It'll be confirmed that this was some sort of sinister plot whenever that that miracle vaccine just pops up out of the middle of nowhere, like in a month. You know, that that thing that they were saying, at best case scenario, we're looking at a year, a year and a half or something like that. And they're like, oh, wait, we found it. And you're like, "Mm, that's neat. Was it, where was it sitting right under oh, that right. notebook there the whole time? Oh, that, that's already happened. One of the viruses, one of the vaccines that was originally like, that was first out of the gates was a company out of or was a team out of Israel who had just happened to use, had been, had just happened to start developing a, a vaccine to a bat based coronavirus. That is the one that's exactly similar to this. I saw that. I saw that. Hmm. They 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 wanted to make a vaccine for something, so they just picked this one. Oh wow! Yeah, I saw that. That was kind of towards the beginning of the U.S. really taking taking it in the pants, you know. Yeah, very beginning of that. Exactly. Yeah, it was like Um, right at the beginning of that. It was like, oh, Israel might have the cure already, and I was like, oh, well. That's convenient. That was fast. Did you say you've already been working on this for six months? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, it seemed it seemed odd. I mean, you know, like. There's, there's, there's clearly like, I mean, I know there's been a lot of research just lately anyway on the possibility of a coronavirus happening. I mean, that's, you know, like I know that, um, South Korea was like extremely prepared. I know that Taiwan was extremely prepared. Um, you know, they've been, I I read a paper like not that long ago that was, you know, 10 years old, 13 years old about like the next kind of thing being like a a coronavirus, like that, you know, that being the thing like this kind of isn't new. You know what I mean? Like the, the idea, obviously it's not new at fucking all um but it seems like it's been in the social consciousness more or it seemed like it even was before this whole thing years before this thing started <coughs> sorry guys you're uh, good COVID jacked it up. <sighs> yeah i i mean I, I think if you know that there is a a bat born virus or you know a, a virus that that lays dormant in certain species, somebody's going to be studying it. Um, but to, that does seem a little convenient, like for Israel to be, yeah, they've yeah, got it. I, there's just, yeah. And once again, it goes back to my, my general approach to being that serendipity is usually planned. <laughs> yeah. It's um, at least when it comes to human matters. Um, yeah, we've all right. watched. Like can't the, hardly wait. <laughs> what a great freaking movie, God! Dude, it's amazing. Yeah. I just watched it the other day. Oh my God! Hi, Rachel Lee Cook at that. Oh, Mwah. all right. Sorry, I'm gonna start charging three ninety nine a minute here, and you know, keep doing <laughs> that. Right. Charge more than that. I'm good. Okay, Grandpa. <laughs> I'll tell you your future too. All right. Okay, God, let's not. <laughs> um, no, that won't that I, won't take very long. <laughs> and you're dead. <laughs> uh, have either of you guys been tested for this? Negative. No. Do you have any intentions to? Yeah, I mean, as soon as I believe that it's like I'm not going to be in the way of somebody else getting tested for it. I mean, that like might need it more than me. You know. I mean, I guess there's really no way to rank that other than. I just know that there are people who are already experiencing sim- symptoms. I am not. I would like to get tested for it anyway at some point if I but, can, just before but, I interact with a bunch of people. The, the people that are experiencing symptoms are the most dangerous ones. Right. It's the asymptomatic transmitters. 
Well, this and that's the thing. I mean, that's why dangerous. that's why I want to get that's why I want to get tested. Not only because you know I don't want I don't want to spread it to anybody else, but I mean that's the thing. That's why I mean we are going to start opening back up here soon. But man, this is going to just keep coming back. I mean, there's nothing yeah. because yeah. we haven't tested enough people. I mean, we're testing a hundred thousand people a day. That's great. It'll take like ten. It's like. 10 years to fucking do everybody at that rate well adam wasn't it you wasn't it you that told me that story that like some guy got tested and it was negative and then like he died of it like six weeks later or something like that because they realized that he contracted it like a week after he was tested negative (laughs) well they found out that a lot of those tests actually were contaminated with it yeah they were they were faulty yeah felt faulty not just in terms there were a lot of them were giving false positives first of all yeah, but beyond mm-hmm. that, there were other ones that were not necessarily giving false positives, but literally had the virus in the test. Oh, really? How is that possible? I, I'm, like, I how is that the, possible? I, I don't know the specifics about it. Like, whether it was like a spit cup that you put your mouth on, or, I have no idea. But like, um, but there was actually they literally had people that contracted the virus because from the the test cartridge itself. Right. What? Wow. That's crazy. Did you get tested? Fucking terrifying is what it is. Yeah, it's absolutely horrifying. I mean, talk about exposure. I mean, did you get tested? Did you get tested at all? No, I'm not. No. Uh, but I, so I, mean, I will say a while. I think I'll say from the military perspective, um, I'll probably be being active duty military. I'll probably be on the front lines of some of the early mass testing or vaccination if it ever, if and when that happens. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I've been, dude, I've been stuck by so many needles. I, I've lost count. I don't even, shit, I'm probably already immune to this damn thing with all the needles I've, I've had stuck in me. Very nice. Like, no you name, you. <laughs> well, you, you name, you name some weird, um, some weird bug and they, they stick it and they stick that in the arm of everybody in the military because they don't know where they're going to send us around the world. And if they go right, to, right. you know, malaria, you, you name it, you know, like, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't. I expect that I'll see it at some point in time, or somebody will start saying, "Hey, we need to start testing at this interval." Like, I might even get tested weekly or something like. I don't know. It's just there right. literally hasn't been any talk about it yet. But I would think that um, in the yeah in the in the interest of maintaining a a, a, a superior fit fighting force, um, we're all going to have to succumb to some sort of testing. So, well, uh, and guys, right. I. I, I hate to be the ones to tell you this, but like I think this is going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's going to get better anytime soon. I uh, I just got off the phone with um, my cousin who's an EMT. Um, and Cameron. Yes, sir. Cameron. Yeah. Hey. And, uh, and um, he's out in Albuquerque, who is obviously you know not <clears throat> the front lines exactly of where it's been going down. But he said that they've been warning them now that within the next two or three weeks, it's about to get bad there. Yeah. So right. all those well, they all those places all the hot spots they lead and everything else follows, you know? Yeah. So example right. they're like, Oh, Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana and and at first like I, people were calling me, I was like, Don't worry about it. It's new that's New Orleans. It's like five and a half, six hours south of here, don't worry about it. And now right. the Shreveport area, which is only like hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty thousand people, has more cases than the state of Missouri. So you're like, wow. you know, you're like, Damn. oh, okay, that makes sense, Damn. you know, because everything it's going to follow. We're geographically closer to New Orleans. New Orleans had right. huge numbers and then bam, you know, so well, it's also my understanding. Uh, 
that uh, there were a lot of people kind of flouting sort of down there. From what I heard from my relative there, yeah, um, was that uh, there's a lot of people still going to church, a lot of people going out to eat, a lot of people still, you know. Yeah, so from the time I was sent home and told to start teleworking and uh, and whatnot, you know, you go stir crazy a little bit every day, and we weren't going out, out, but like every every day around 5.30, we'd be like, let's go for a drive. You know, so we throw the kids and the dog in the back of the car and um, we just go for a drive around town just to go see what's going on. And there was a lot of a lot of people out, you know, most yeah. of most of the parking lots were packed. And a lot of that was people provisioning and, you know, and, and freaking out a little bit. But at the same time, you're like, this isn't any kind of, you know, calming down. It, it has since improved. Um I needed to go to the store uh, for something like two weeks ago. And when I got there, uh, there was a big sign on the door that said, um, you know, governor's decree that no more than 10 persons are allowed to uh, gather in one location at any given time. So that store was was abiding by that and saying that one we... One in, one out? Yeah, one in, one out. We affected it like we, we have... We're max capacity right now with 10 people inside this little store. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, That's how Trader Joe's was. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Trader Joe's has been like that here for a while. So, yeah, it, I think it's starting to get better. But I mean, everybody's getting on board with it a little bit more. Like I said, when right. I first went out, I was the only person wearing a mask and gloves and I felt right. like an idiot. And now everybody's got them on, so... Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I, I just heard today they were talking about how New York, Connecticut had made it mandatory to wear a mask outside. Yeah, yeah. that just happened today. Yep. Um, and but I, I do think that um, you know, um, you know, we're thinking about okay, we're kind of getting fatigue of being inside. Da 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 da. We want to get back to live. And, you know, when can things open back up? The second they start to open back up, shit's gonna hit the fan. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And you're gonna watch the stock market come back down. You're gonna watch all kinds of hell rain down. Well, I, I mean, because I, I agree with I agree with that, but I also disagree with that in the sense that I think there are going to be a lot of uh, people that are going to they now have a sent you know heightened sense of awareness, and they're going to exercise caution. My family I, is prime I, example. If if they started waving a green flag tomorrow, Lacey's still not going anywhere. <laughs> like it's just the way it works. She's, nope, I'm not going. I really do. Not worth it. That's correct to some extent. Um, I think that you know even even uh, even without that, we still have a slow burn happening where there's parts of the country that are going to have to get worse before they can get better. Just even in terms yep, of Boston. Right. So for, take for example, Boston um, has less than twenty thousand cases, um, and Boston has a. In terms of like the number of hospital beds, like per capita, probably the best in the country. Um, I, I can't I can't think of anywhere else that has you know Mass General, Boston Brigham Women's, Harvard Medical School, you know all those things. Right. Like all all sure. in one place that, um, you know, probably they probably have ten thousand hospital beds in the city limits. Okay. Um, and. Um, even that, they, even though they've not been one of the hotspots. They're going to have to be at some point. It's going to have right. to burn through the population. Yeah, statistically, thinking, like, just looking at stats, they're they're definitely they they meet the they meet the demographic of the perfect storm. You know, tons of people exactly. You know, living on top of and each like, other. I mean, even Los even Los Angeles hasn't been like 
I mean, oh, really badly that effect, you know, like compared to like other cities of its size, like, right. is it nearly as bad? You know what I mean? Like well, they thought is- Los Angeles was going to be like completely decimated by this. And really like there's been what five, how, hold on. I'm in fact, I'm going to look right now. In Los Angeles County, there's been ten thousand cases, ten thousand five hundred. So a, I, I have, I absolutely have to give it to Gavin Newsom. He has done, yeah, a really good job. As from a what I've seen, really good job. Like, yeah, it I, seems like we've taken it seriously out here, and it's like it, that's been right. going. Oh, okay. it's you know, for as good as things can go, it seems like it's gone that good. Now absolutely. I'm just waiting for an earthquake. Could be, could be better, <laughs> as far as I can tell. <laughs> It really, I don't think, like, I keep, you know, the first, like, two weeks or whatever, looking at the numbers, I was like, man, like, it's not looking so good. And then suddenly it was like, wait, our numbers really aren't getting much crazier. Like, we're kind of swapping back and forth with Pennsylvania out here for being, like, you know, number six on the list, which is pretty incredible from the most populous state of the union, you know? like. Well, and I I think that's a testament also, though, to um, the the difference in... um, Population density on the West Coast versus the East Coast. Right. Well, 100%. Totally. It totally is. I mean, because I remember whenever whenever some of the horror stories that were coming out of, like, Hong Kong, when it first spread to Hong Kong, they were saying that there was a a woman who had it on the eighth floor of a building who gave it to a man on the fourth floor of the building. Well, I've been to to Hong Kong, and what she did in between those four floors uh she probably infected nine jillion other people like it is so densely populated there it is unreal it, i mean it i'll never forget it it's so weird and when you're in hong kong you're out uh the, the airport and everything is on what's called lantau island and um you and that's like a big open natural i don't know how many acres it is it's i mean it's it's massive but at the same time it's very uh you know, it's it's nature based, right? And then you well, take a, the train. Technically, man made island, isn't it? Lantau Island? No, it's natural. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's massive. I'm gonna throw the challenge flag on that. But go ahead. Okay. Anyway, um, but then you take this, you take the train in, and the train goes underneath uh, the water. And as you come out, I will never forget it. Like you're, you start noticing, oh, okay, cool. We're coming out of the tunnel. Here's daylight. And all of a sudden you pop up and you're in Hong Kong and you were like, oh my God, like the buildings are just super skyscrapers. They're right on top of each other. There is no room for anything. The fact that sunlight finds the ground just blows my mind when I, when I was there, um, oh, just because so of, wow, yeah, well, no, just because of the, like how, like how big the buildings are and how close they are and how much like shadow they cast. Like, you're just like, my God, this is so dense. This is unreal. And it doesn't it seem like to end. Like, so you see a place like that and you're like, this is, it makes New York, it makes New York look like a, a landscape. Like it's just, right. it's unreal. So right. that, the like, fact that, that they haven't gotten the way, hammered that, worse. That airport is on reclaimed land, by the way. I believe that means it's man-made. So really, um, but I will say though, it's hard to believe it's a, big. Uh, as a consolation prize, you Corey, that uh, <laughs> your description of Hong Kong and experiencing like that was quite Dickensian. It made me oh. a little bit a little thrill in my leg. Oh, I think you're a Dickensian. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you're a Dickensian. I'll show you Dickensian. Do you think we've blown hard enough for tonight? I do believe so. I, I, believe, I believe we we're have. rutting into our or minute at least one hundred ish. Jesus yeah. Lord, you guys talk too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Hey, we're not the ones with the, shut up. We're not the ones with the crazy, wacky ideas about the Chinese. Okay. <laughs> oh, By the way, Corey, I think you I'm should really be. Appreciate. Corey, I think you can be expecting your discharge orders tomorrow. <laughs> oh God, I hope not. <laughs> you may not want to be noticed after this, with me. After this maniacal drivel hits the airwaves, it's gonna be it's gonna be over for you. I think. I think you yeah. you were complicit. So, so. yeah, viewer, viewer discretion advised. Um, the following has been edited for content as well as for time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well God. we will have of to course. do it again adam and i've been doing this pretty yes. regularly justin if you are if you are froggy and available we would I, love to have you back on here uh dude he's in arkansas so he doesn't have shit to do there's nothing, nothing happening on except for to base myself in all these conspiracy theories and then shit the good ones out to you well i think then you are our new expert witness uh as far as uh tying I together the stuff I yeah go ahead I'm sorry. Oh, I, God. I, was just, I was just thinking about all the other things I have to start looking up now. Okay, well, I'll get on it, fellas. I, I appreciate you uh, thinking of me and um, love you all very much. And um, until next time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs>